Sinead's your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. On Radio Nova. Now joined in the studio by Dermot Lambert of Blink. Hey Dermot, how's it going? Very good, Sinead. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for asking me in. Yeah, no, it's great to see you again. It's been, been a while, isn't it? Uh, been a long while, a very, very long <laughs> while, yes. No, it's great to see you guys are reforming again for the for the Peter House charity show, which is happening uh, in the Olympia on the, on the 1st of November. An incredible lineup into a new uh, Paddy Maloney of the Chieftains, uh, the Pale Picture House, all the great wealth of the seminal Irish bands. So with yeah. Blink coming back, how did that whole thing happen? Were you guys getting involved with it? We, um, we did it last year. We hadn't played together for um, nine years. From We, we kind of packed it in around it. Is that me here? Nice. <laughs> um, so we yeah we we stopped playing in 2005 and then we were still talking about doing some stuff for ages and then last year was the 20th anniversary of A Map of the Universe by Blink yes. so we thought we couldn't actually let that go so we finally kind of um, we got a, all of our lawyers spoke to each other and we agreed that we play lawyers <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and we, we said look lads we don't do something now we're never going to do it. so we put a show together for um, to celebrate that and um, it was in the button factory and we, we were like so we, we were just it was great to be back in the band again you know uh, and so it had been nine uh, years since you played together it had been nine years wow it must yeah. have been an amazing feeling there must have been a lot of love in the room for you guys like. it, was, it was lovely it was actually like walking back into 1994 oh, <laughs> <here>. <laughs> I even got the um, I used to wear this old shirt that uh, had loads of X's and O's and stuff on, and I had it at home and I, I said oh god cause be, this could be just embarrassing I, I actually just wore it anyway just for because, you know, celebrating that. And, uh, yeah, so it actually was like being in the Rock Garden in 1994. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was great. So, and everyone that was there, the, um, the audience, uh, like, we recognised everybody. There wasn't, uh, I don't think there was a stranger in the place. Mm. And it was lovely, but um, we thought, it took us so long to get everything back together because we actually just simply hadn't played. Um, and the material was firm. I thought two or three rehearsals would have sorted us out and in actual fact like 25 rehearsals <laughs> later <laughs> we were all going wow we, you know, it's an awful waste if we don't do something else here and yeah. then we promptly didn't do anything else at all for the entire year except last year we did take part in the first of these shows for Pieta House um, and we, we just did a couple of songs but um, it was the fact that it was for Pieta House and the, the, the whole um, the sentiment and the, uh, obviously the work that doing so once it was even suggested that we do it the answer was yes because we were ready you know it was like well it'd be like it wouldn't be right if we didn't do it anyway yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and it was great and it was great to be involved in, and then there was little bonuses now that come with this I mean oh, I got, yeah. got to see in two and oh you know and <laughs> a few little things like that you know and we got to play with the pale again and we hadn't played or seen the pale even since like, we toured with those guys all through 95 there was ourselves the pale and the frames oh, did a lot wow. of stuff and um we kind of lived in poverty together over in Boston for ages and uh, it was just nice to see all and, and of course everybody slips straight back into character and myself and Matthew were kind of slagging each other and stuff so it was good you know but the actual show itself and the, what it did it was a great night and um, it was great to actually be part of something that's that's that good, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's just amazing flashbacks there. I mean, obviously not personally for me, but in terms of nostalgia, I mean, I was talking to uh, Fergal McKee earlier from Whipping Boy because, I know, Heartworm was turning 20 next month. Yeah, And yeah. so obviously around that time, 94, 95, it must have been a really, um, I don't know, like, uh, what would be the word to say? Like a um, healthy kind of scene in terms of Irish music. It, it, it felt that way. It was very, um, 
Of course, we were all competing against each other. We knew each other as well, but the, uh, the big bands were a house and something happens. They were the big bands, and that yeah. was. And I think something happens. It kind of probably already sort of. I know our house finished in '95. Uh, they did a big show in the Olympia, but they were like the benchmark for you know, like right. if, if they did something, then the kind of feeling was well, that's now that's what we have to do now because a house have done it, you know. And, and there was something happens where in a different kind of side of things. And but uh, as musicians, like I think I can certainly speak for myself, but I, I analysed absolutely everything those guys were doing. And even Whipping mm. Boy and um, the very first shows they did in the underground in I think nineteen eighty nine, and. Um, I, they they knew what they were doing. Do you know? They'd only been together for a year at that point. That's amazing. They, were, they, they made an impression that early. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were using the underground for rehearsals, and Jeff in the underground, um, like he liked the guys, and they just they would rehearse there, and so at, at all times of sort of daytime, you know, Monday to Friday, you, you'd hear this, and I mean that the, man, they were loud. You know, they were, <laughs> they were great. Wow. Yeah. So it was, really, it was a great time. I mean, Power of Dreams are the first oh, yeah. of all of those acts to kind of go and get a big record deal. And, yeah, so it was really competitive, uh, but it wasn't in, it wasn't a jealousy competitive thing. It was just like, well, if they're doing that, we're going to have to do this. And that kind of thing. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, great. So, yeah it was talking about the benchmark to look up to and something to work yeah. towards. So obviously, yeah, it led to a, lot, a very, very healthy scene.
Blink on Radio Nova. It's not my fault. I'm joined in the studio by Derek Lambert of Blink. Now, Derek, you mentioned the whole touring aspect, and I'd read before that you'd previously said that the only band to have toured more than Blink was Bob Dylan. So, I believe these touring experiences led you to link up with Oasis. What do you remember from that time? We did play with them once. Um, and then we were staying in the same hotel as them for lots of while we were touring England and they were touring England mm. and we stayed in a hotel called the Columbia Hotel which is where all the bands used to kind of stay it's really mm. cool like, I mean, like, just, I'm very glad it happened you yeah. know but um, they were such knobs <laughs> like, they just were you know? and, and it wasn't even for the camera because we didn't know them they kind of famously became known for that afterwards but they were just so rude and really? um, yeah God, they were so rude that band is so rude um, <laughs> oh, they were brilliant you were the good boys on tour oh, weren't you? yeah we were great and we, like, we, saw, we played with them in Oxford um, Oxford University and there was uh, Blink, My Life Story and Oasis those three bands and we were playing for all the students union guys who were going to see which bands would tour with you know, later in the year when they kind of came back in session or whatever, you know, and it was March or April in '94, and um, I remember just standing looking at Oasis, going, "Oh my God, they're amazing!" And uh, Liam Gallagher was back to the audience, and Noel was tuning up in between songs and making all the mis- all the unprofessional things, you know. <laughs> and I was just awestruck. I just thought, oh "My God, they're amazing, man!" And th- then that's it, you know. Then two or three weeks later, they released um, Shake and Maker. And I was like, see you, lads. <laughs> yeah. so, nice knowing you. Yeah, kinda. we used to have rows with them in the Columbia, though. Was, they, it was actually less us than my Bill Raiden, who um, was managing the band at the time. And there was like proper screaming matches, you know, like, uh, and various. Between the Gallagher brothers? No, between us and the Gallagher <laughs> brothers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was all just like, they were just kind of being. Kind of being dicks, and we just wouldn't stand for that. Kind of, it was like yeah. sort of like I think we sat on someone's chair once, and one of their gang didn't appreciate the fact that these Irish guys was, I was like, oh, shut oh, up, you know. God, so, what? So it's kind of really remedial. I, I've actually never spoken about that in public actually, <laughs> because it sounds like I'm trying to get a bit of kudos out of you know. But we had a fight with Oasis once. We're really cool. You know? so, so, yeah. Very not surprised that they eventually broke up. Then, though. Ah, yeah, they battered each other. God, <laughs> I wouldn't like to be them. <laughs> well, Derek, we're looking forward to seeing you guys on the. First of November in the Olympia Theatre. Great, great lineup. So oh, it's a great lineup. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. oh, nostalgic to say the least, and pretty amazing. I heard the Pale had about two thousand or four thousand people at their stage, the Electric Picnic. So yeah. Karen was telling me. So yeah, yeah there's definitely uh, a lot more love in that room the again. Pale, the Pale did a, a song at last year's show, and I hadn't heard them for ages. But the one song they did, um, which was a new one. Now I don't know how new, if it's brand new or if it's ten years old new, because I haven't seen them in that time. But I was just blown away, and I thought, oh my God, it's great. I just like they just still do that. It's they great. still do. It. Yeah, it's a special little magic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dermot Lambert's been a pleasure. Well, thanks, Sinead. Thanks very much. I'll chat to you again soon. Backstage Entertainment Update. So it is that time of the evening where we get to look ahead for the gigs coming up around Dublin. And joining us this week is Conor McCaffrey. What are you doing giving me those eyes for? <laughs> <laughs> you all right? You in one piece? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, we're all good. It's, yeah. It was a bit, bit quiet last week, but we're back in business after the picnic. That's right. Yeah. Oh, it was so good, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, it was very good. Next, so. Yeah, I've not come down off that yet. So come here. You've got a few gigs for around Dublin, uh, which are definitely all well worth going to and all completely different gigs. Delighted to see codes come back. But we're going to start off with Sleaford Mods. This, I've been hearing about 
this guy, I guess, as such. So tell us more about Sleaford Mods. Yeah, this this is definitely a gig of the week in my book and a lot of people because this, it's probably the most hype gig in Dublin this week. It was moved from Hangar, like it sold out really quickly in Hangar down the road. Then it was moved up to District 8. So that's on tonight. And if you don't know Sleaford Mods, it kind of sounds like it might be a bit of a hard sell. You know, it's like a 45-year-old guy from the English Midlands, basically just ranting and raving about all the things he hates. And his mate just pressing spacebar on a laptop. <laughs> and, uh, You're really selling it, Connor. No, no, it is. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's like, it's just um, really hard punk kind of um, minimal punk music, kind of yeah. like real punk poetry, almost like a kind of a John Cooper Clark with Ooh. just a wee bit more of an edge. Yeah. But yeah, really, really good. He's definitely very commanding, you know? Yeah, he will, if, if you're in the front row, he will definitely give you the eyes. Okay, Bad like eyes. you've just been doing to me there. <laughs> eyes. Come here, District 8 is where? District 8, it's the old Tivoli. Okay, okay, get in there. So that's on Francis Street. Uh, now, my old haunt, Fever McGee's. What's happening there on Saturday? Yeah, Blood or, Blood or Whiskey are playing now. You know where you are with a band called now, Blood. Is this tonight now, yeah? Oh, yeah, this is their playing tonight. tonight yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know where you are with a band called Blood or Whiskey. Um, <laughs> they're, they call themselves Celtic Punks. Uh, they've been going for about 20 odd years. They're from Dublin. Kind of a mixture between the Dubliners, the Pogues, with early Clash, you know. Nice. So that's if you're if you're that, that's your bag. Head up to that. I've actually seen them a couple of years ago, backing up Rancid in the Academy, and they were a great crack. So. Nice. I've heard great things about Blood Whiskey Live. Moving on quickly to Codes, who have popped back as they've got their second album coming out. So excited for them. Yeah, Codes are launching their uh, second album in Wheelands tonight. Um, their second album's called Altars. Like they haven't, but they have been quite quiet. Like for the last six years or so 